0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Care Inspectorate's podcast on Meaningful Connection. My name is Barbara Lawson and I'm joined today by Andrea Wiley, who is the Chief Executive Officer for the Greenock Medical Aid Society. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how visiting was supported through the care homes that Andrea oversees. So hello Andrea, thanks for coming on today's podcast.
1: Hello, Barbara. Good to be here.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um, So I'm aware that, you know, a lot of work has gone on in the care homes over many years now um, to support visiting. But I'm just thinking back to, you know, the beginning of the pandemic after the restrictions were in place and what made you initially seek to start Um, opening up the home to visiting um, in the care home pandemic. I know you came up with some
1: innovative ideas at that time. Yeah, so this goes back to about September 2020, and I was visiting one of the care homes, and as I was coming into the front door, I noticed to my right there was a couple, there was a husband visiting his wife, There was a table between them both. She was slightly inside the home. He was outside. It was September time. It was starting to get a bit cold. We had a blanket over them both. It was an outdoor heater for him. But I just looked at that and I just thought this cannot go on. We must do something about this. And I thought it certainly could not go on into the winter. He was 93. She was 97. They'd been married for 50 years and we were keeping them apart. And that is just one example, obviously, of many families being kept apart like that. And I just thought we we really need to do something about this. And I thought we could.
0: Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. Yeah. And what steps did you take to, you know, to start to consider what you could do? Because obviously there were restrictions in place and visiting at that point wasn't allowed.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So I I looked at what was already happening, as far as testing with our staff who are now under you know robust regular testing, and I thought we could just try to do the same thing for our relatives. So I spoke to some of the key people in our in our own team first of all, and they were right behind me. And then I approached the local authority who had already was part of the resilience management group throughout the pandemic, and I was representing the local care homes. So I spoke to them. They were O- okay with it Um they they agreed with it but they had to go and speak to others to make sure and, and you know they suggested maybe we could go into a pilot project with that and then it, it went from there.
0: Yeah and why was it important to involve the whole team in the project?
1: It, it had to be a collaborative approach Um, you know we we realized this was this I, I believe we could do it safely, but we had to make sure others were involved in scrutinising our risk assessments, making sure we had everything in place to keep everybody involved safe from the residents to the relatives and to the staff team. So it was important that you know there were many eyes on this and we brought in public health and they particularly scrutinised the risk assessments that we made. So it had to be a, a, a joint project.
0: Yep so working together in partnership with other organizations was really key to the success of this.
1: Yes definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And why was it important, you know, why you know obviously it was such a difficult time and you know there was a lot of fear around um, but it sounds like that you were really putting people's human rights at the, the center of this. Why was this important to you as an organization?
1: Yes, yeah, so we believe strongly in taking a rights-based approach to all things. So this was just part of that, that it was the rights of the people first of all, and then from that we could try to make it, make sure it was safe. So there was a lot of work that went on in the background to make sure that the risk assessments were very safe. They were about four pages long, so they were um, very detailed, uh, very in-depth. But at the centre of all that were the people and we had to make sure that they were being able to be put back together meaningfully so that they could touch each other they could hug um and and you know we could do that and it turned out that we, we did do it and we did it very well and we did it safely for all concerned so but i think you know it was so important that loved ones had that time together going back to the couple i just said you know they were of advanced age and they did not have the luxury of time. We need we didn't know how long this pandemic was going on for, and we needed to do something quickly.
0: Yep. So you really um, kind of went against the status quo in some ways, and really pushed forward with having people's rights and the that meaningful the, connection at the, the heart of what you did.
1: Yes, and we felt quite alone in the beginning. I think when we first went out because we we felt very much an outlier with all this. you know, Um, There was a real risk adverse feeling, which I totally understood from other providers, from other agencies, from Scottish Government to local authorities, to the public health, uh, to yourselves. So there, there was that kind of, you know, let's be careful here approach. This is before the vaccinations as well. So, you know, we didn't have that in place. So we were putting our necks in the line. We, we realised that, but we felt it was so important that we had to do this.
0: Yep, definitely. And obviously, the the project was a big success. The pilot was a success, and that really helped to influence decisions at you know government level and in the kind of local partnerships. And then there was the development with Open with Care. But obviously, your innovative work brought quite a bit of media attention, and you um, won an award with the R C N. Tell me a bit about you know what yeah. that did for the team.
1: Yeah, so the that was neither of those were part of the the plan. Particularly the media attention that kind of came from nowhere. They they got wind of this quite quickly and they were really really interested in it, and um, particularly because the care homes had had such bad press initially. Um, so I think they were pleased to see such a good news story coming from care homes. So, um, so we were willingly took part in that um and then the ward they were really impressed with again our our innovations our bravery that that's what they noted um and also as you just commented that we went against the tide at the time and you know how we we can afford quite a lot to get through to that, to to make sure that this worked. So they were impressed with all that. And yes, it was a national award. It was the RCN uh, owned the people's category. So we were utterly delighted that we won. Um, that was incredibly encouraging for the staff and the amount of work that they'd done in the background. So it was very validating for everybody concerned. Yep.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's been great to um to see innovative practice, you know, in the midst of um so many difficulties. Many, many care homes have worked, um, you know, well all care homes have worked really hard, but obviously seeing Uh these kind of innovative Um, innovative things that are coming through. But also um, I noted that the Health Secretary Michael Matheson was down with you recently with um, our Executive Director of Scrutiny and Assurance, Kevin Mitchell. And the focus was looking at the two new health and social care standards that have been introduced. Um, Mm -hmm. How how do you think these standards have made a difference to people's
1: care? Oh, absolutely. I think it certainly strengthened, you know, the whole idea of meaningful visits. But first of all, just to like to say, it was lovely to have Kevin and Mr Matheson with us on that day. It was great to show them what we, what we have done and, and what we are currently still doing. But yeah, going back to the standards, I think that just strengthens that whole uh, area, that this is an extremely important part of what we do. And also that regardless what happens in the future, if any, any other infectious diseases are out there, that we will never close our care homes down again like, like we did. Um, so having the standards there and then ultimately having ANSLO will we'll stop that from happening.
0: Yep, definitely. So these two health and social care standards, one which is to support visiting in the event of a mm-hmm. crisis and the other one for ensuring that families can be partners in care. Again, if that's yes. what people want. So a really important interim measure to the delivery of law, uh, which is mm-hmm. currently going through Parliament at the time of the recording and is impending, um, you know, that, um, the release of that. So, yes.
1: yeah, I, I was just about to add that, you know, for us in GMAS, we, we look at the residents, the staff and the families as all being equal partners, that it's, we are a community and the relative import is just as important. So again, these standards strengthen that whole approach. Yep,
0: yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, I think that's been a really interesting conversation and just, you know, thanks to you for coming on, but also a big thank you to all the staff across the two homes, um, you know, for really putting people's rights at this the centre of what they've done to support visiting. So thanks, Andrea, for coming on today's show. You're most
1: welcome. Thanks now. Bye-bye.